What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Welcome, friends. We're hanging out here in Las Vegas backstage at the Link Hotel and Experience. Backstage at the appropriately named Matt Franco Theater. We are sitting in your dressing room, chilling out well before your show. Uh, brought the podcasting studio with me, and we're recording a bank episode, so we don't know when you will hear this. I hope it airs soon, because I uh, I want to say a shout-out for someone. A shout-out? Yeah. So right away, you know this is going to be evergreen topic, and you're like, let's do something topical. Let's do something time-sensitive. <laughs> That's not how banks work, but whatever. We let's play hope- by our own rules. Uh, listen, it's December. I'm feeling like we'll get this out before March. I really do. <laughs> okay. NEMCON is a magic convention. Yes. And they're having their 40th convention, 40 years of NEMCON yes. in March. So I just want to say shout out NEMCON, shout out 40 years. Congratulations. Our friend Jim Spinato yes. is being honored at said convention. Does he know that yet? Uh, I believe it is in the, yeah, it's okay. on the website. So anyway, I, I hope so. Shout out Jim Spinato. Shout out. Congratulations. Congratulations to Jim, to Jim Uncle Jim. Uh, He's a uh, magician and hypnotist uh, over in Connecticut. And uh, congratulations, Nemcon and Jim. We're, we just want to give that shout out and hope that this airs in time for you to hear it. Moving on to better things. Here we are. Better things. No, no, not better things. Just <laughs> different things. Sorry, Jim. We didn't mean to say better, I swear. But you know what we meant. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We, we. I'm excited. I might try and get out. To Nemcon, if I can. Are you going to go? I might have a gig, but I'm going to see if I can get over there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then in the interest of a bank episode as well, I was going to go with the other topical thing. (laughs) This is not how bank episodes work, Matt. Uh, Listen, bank episodes work however we want. We make the rules. So whenever you hear this, just to go back to, we're recording this in December. so Big news right now. It's apparently in the news now. Yeah. So whenever this comes out, just... Go back and remember what the news was in December. Yeah. No, th- I saw this on the internet. I don't know what this is. You said you wanted to bring this up. I got to tell you okay. about this. What is this? Got to tell you about this. All right. So there was a substitute teacher in Texas. Okay. Okay. And he's in the class and one of the kids filmed him. I don't know what age the kids are. And he's singing. I think it's high school. Mm-hmm. And he's singing Toxic by Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Karaoke machine he brought in. With like karaoke lights. So there's like a light show happening and the instrumental toxic Britney Spears happening. And he's doing a performance just seated at the teacher's desk, like literally behind the computer. He's not up dancing around. He's literally at the desk, but like belting it out. Wow. Okay. Fired. Fired for singing? I guess. I'm so confused. So (laughs) I, I don't understand like what happened. And all the comments are... You know, some people saying, oh, I can't believe he did this. And then other comments are saying, I can't believe he got fired. And I'm like, I just feel like there's so much information missing here. Like, for all I know, this day and age, for all I know, that was a music class. Like, right. you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. feel like there's, do you think someone's getting fired for something like that? Why? Does it have something to do with the lyrics? Don't you think they know that song? Yeah. I would or think... no, are we just old? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe Don't they know worse songs? 
<laughs> I mean, there's that whole thing of like different generations are kind of more sensitive things. And that's a song from a certain era. I don't know if now if you re- go through the lyrics of things mean different things out mm. of context. I don't know. So you're pro firing toxic singers. <laughs> toxic sing- I don't I don't think it's a fireable offense. Maybe a slap on the wrist if you're supposed to be teaching and is it singing instead. We might have people who have teaching experience listening. We might have people who have subbing experience. I was a teacher. You were a teacher. <laughs> 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 There's definitely at least one former teacher <laughs> listening. Yes. Um, yeah, so to be a substitute teacher, you don't need a teaching degree. You need a degree in something. Yeah, I think uh, they're just, yeah, because a lot of the times they just are going through whatever lesson plan that was kind of handed to them. And I thought they just come in and sit. They sometimes, actually teach? Sometimes they, it depends on the teacher and what needs to be done or like they have to give out a quiz or whatever like that. Um, I was just, always made it easy for my subs of like put on this movie or something like that but i th- i thought it was peculiar behavior but i yeah. I, I don't understand the fire there was a full-blown light show just to, i don't want to down <laughs> downplay the light show like it looked like like a dj brought his little fancy spinny light thing so this person came prepared to do a britney oh, celebration oh yeah i believe there was actually a karaoke machine of some sort that like yeah. And this is... Um, and it was instrumental. It wasn't like... Is this in response to her being freed from her conservative ship? ship or conservatorship? That's the word. <laughs> I do not know. Mm-hmm. I, again, I felt like there was not enough context. They showed the clip of the performance. Right. Now, if we were like fancy, we'd play the audio right now. Right. But we could. Maybe insert it here. Okay. That was, uh, that was maybe the audio if I was able to... <laughs> <laughs> so you know the comments are you know oh it's not the best version i ever heard but it's not worth firing him over so they're saying that the teacher was fired because of the quality of the singing listen it's <laughs> facebook comments i didn't dive too deep into it it was just like i i just feel like we need more information that's what i think yeah that is, i don't know that's like so here's something i did so i taught music for yeah. two years well they were saying the lights were going to scare the kids and stuff um, <laughs> at the end of my general music class, I, yeah. it was a, it was a quarter long class. And then the new class each quarter, I would bring in guitar hero. And we oh, would that, just, that sounds like a fireable offense in 2021. We would just play guitar hero, but I justified it as this is a fun way. And it's a rhythm game. You need to learn your rhythm and lining up tempos and sure. stuff like that. Um, I'm sure some of the songs in guitar hero have lyrics that are a little bit sketch. No, maybe. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But then I, I also know. remember at one point when I knew I was not coming back as a teacher, so maybe trying to get fired, I was just <laughs> working on my mind reading show in front of the audience. Oh my like, gosh. I remember working, like literally duct taping my eyes shut in front of my, you know, seventh and eighth grade chorus when I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. I'm done with teaching. <laughs> I love that you were getting away with it. But believe me, that's trial by fire. In order to, uh, some of these audience I had to, this was years and years and years ago, by the way. Like, it's been so long since I, I just taught for two years out of college and just realized it wasn't for me. Maybe it's the mornings I figured out. I am not a morning person. So what did Man, I, what I compelled you. me to know? <laughs> I called you today. It was probably almost noon. And also, just to be clear, you're in Vegas. You're still on East Coast time. You got in last night. So, like, for you, it should be, like, 3 o'clock p.m. I'm calling you. And you sounded like you were, like, half asleep still. I'm like, guy, 
What are you doing? That just goes to show how go, go, go I've been that I needed the rest. Eric, the conversation went nowhere. I was like, I got to get off the phone with you, man. I, I honestly can't even have this conversation right now. Please wake up before we do the podcast. I'm surprised these podcasts are actually happening. Actually. <laughs> but that goes to my point. I'm not a morning person. I didn't know what, what I thought teaching was a... Uh, was a career path for me. Mm-hmm. And especially when I was teaching, I was uh, waking up early, going to school, teaching, and then at the end of the day, I'd wake up more. And then I'd go and start doing open mics. Right. And just really burning the candle at both ends and just right. like then staying out late and working on my act and then coming back to teach. It was, it was a lot. Man. It's hard to do. Yeah. And uh, you, teaching wasn't for you. Let's no. get, you're not a morning person. No. You're not good at estimating. I loved um, like the theory behind music and yeah. like that definitely that helped me with my performance ability of getting on stage, overcoming stage fright you sure. know, for ever since I was a young age and even involved in like community theater and that kind of stuff. Right. But like just like an- that the analytical thing of like, you know, I loved music theory and dissecting chords and yeah. why things resolve the way they do when things break the rules, going through all like the postmodern music of like the weird serialism and even like the uh, aleatoric, like kind of free flowing, you know, John Cage type music for anyone who's a big music nerd. I, I, re- I remember writing an essay about, you know, the two polar ends of like the freedom versus uh, strict regulations of rules and finding that dynamic and seeing how I've applied that to kind of my style of performance as well as a mind reader now thinking back on it, where I take a lot of that improv- improvised elements in my show, but there's stuff that's very structured that has to be a certain way and kind of analytical and mathematical at the same time. You know who Gary Vee is? Yes. From How do you know him? From the internet? Yeah, from the interwebs. He said uh, an interesting thing. Like He's like, I, I suck at most things, but I know what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Just, yeah. No, it's related. Because yeah. you know, you saw you're not a morning person, bad mm-hmm. at estimating. But it really, you're probably bad at most things, as am I. Right. Well, we you're all not play good to at lacrosse, our... neither am I, right? We're... I mean, almost everything you could think of, we're not good at. Yeah, you right? all play to your strengths. Yeah. But here's the other thing. This is what I love about showbiz. Yeah. And I want to say this is a Johnny Carson quote. I could have I could be attributing this wrong. But it's just like everything you know you will use in showbiz like at some mm. point you will it'll come back it'll affect in some way you will mm-hmm. use everything so like the fact that i was a music teacher and like had these elements of analytical d- dissecting you know the the theory mm-hmm. and the notes behind music and then also the improvisation of what i you know was passionate about ever since i was in middle school doing improv comedy like just everything i can pull from to inform my performance style now Right. And you never know. I mean, you're doing dance videos now. No one knew that that was going to (laughs) be. I was very shocked you wanted to join. I don't know if that's going to happen, actually. I mean, you sounded pretty gung-ho about it last night. (laughs) You sounded already. Tell me what changed in the last 15 hours. Realizing people would see it. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's really good, though? Uh, Could be. You never know. know. I don't know. I think you tried it in your hotel room by yourself last night, and you're like, I can't do this. You looked in the mirror, and you're like, no, this is not right. No, I don't even know where to find these dances. <laughs> I know they're on TikTok somewhere. Instagram.com. I don't know how TikTok works. <laughs> Instagram also. They're everywhere, man. You can't escape them. 
pretty soon they're going to be on E. Diddleman. No, that's not true. All right, fair uh, enough. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to bring up for you today is because I did see your show while I'm in Vegas. and uh, I, you, you saw what? My show? Your show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you have once told me you have like methods of selecting audience members. We yeah, talked a little true. bit about the vibe you get from certain people, but mm. like... What specifically are you looking for? How do you turn someone that you thought was going to be good into a better participant? What criteria are you looking for for certain effects? Tell me everything you know. Wow. It's broad, man. Yes. I've said to you, like, you know, I, I feel like I could write a book on the topic. So it's really broad. We got to break right, it right. down to sections Let's here. Let's do it. So Chapter titles of the book. Starting from the original selection. Okay. I watch people come in. Mm-hmm. If I can, yeah. if I have an opportunity to, um, I never want to make the mistake of like inadvertently embarrassing someone right off the bat. Now this is easily overlooked, mm-hmm. but if someone is on crutches sure. or has trouble getting around, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of things to look for, especially, and we talked about this in a, a past episode where you had a, like a much older audience mm-hmm. and bringing up someone took a really, really long time. Yeah. Figuring out who is mobile enough to come up yeah. on stage. Yeah. Um, so that's like step one. Uh, step two is energy that they give off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want sort of uh, fun, engaged, um, energetic, but not standing on their chair energetic. Right. Because if they're too into it. I don't know why. I, uh, yeah. Well, go ahead. I, I don't know if you have a f- finish to that sentence, but I don't either. Yeah. If they're too into it. They, I just know that it's wrong. They want the show to be all about them and not about, you know. Maybe. I, you or they don't think you're able to steal the car, steer the car in the right way. And they're like, I'm going to be part of the show. And I'm going to this is my moment to shine. I've been waiting my whole life. You know life. what? I think it's too much of a generalization <laughs> yeah. to even assume that. I mm-hmm. think all I know is that person is not the right person. Right. I can't tell you why. Maybe they'll freeze up when they get up there. Yeah. Right. Because they're over. Maybe they'll, you know, cry because they're too excited. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. I, I, or they'll, you know, think that they need to steer the ship. Who right. knows? I just know that that's not the direction to go in. And I've learned that from experience. You also have the people that are like, I'm helping the show. I'm going to be, I'm going to say things or shout out or do whatever because I'm helping the show and making it a live experience. Right. And sometimes they can. Yeah. So (laughs) you're looking for the energy, Mm -hmm. right? Then the next step is give them a task. This is like probably my biggest secret. Oh, I don't know this. Oh, just give them a simple task mm-hmm. to see if they respond to directions well. Right, right. So what would be a task? Raise is, your other hand. Is this while you're in the audience searching for people or from stage looking out into the crowd before it, you bring it, someone up on stage? Or usually both? from stage, but it yeah. could be either. I yeah. mean, I would imagine for most performers, yeah. it would be um, from stage. Uh, but for me, I do tend to move into the audience at times. It could be, uh, oh, can I borrow a pencil from someone? I'm right. literally making this up. And could you put it in your other hand? Just to see if they're like compliant, right? Yeah. So like, there are a lot of things. Just that one direction tells me so much immediately. Because if I say, can you put it in your other hand? Um, there are people who will immediately understand the instruction and do it immediately. Mm-hmm. That person is almost always like perfect. Right. Because they are coherent. They are understanding instruction, responding quickly. Right. And doing what I'm asking of them um, and understanding the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. They might get confused 
Right. They might ignore the direction altogether while making eye contact with me. That's it's weird behavior. Very, yeah, like almost psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> now, that could be that a psychopathic or maybe they're not hearing me. Yeah. Right. But I need to know that. Yeah. You know? It's like uh, in a past episode, I talked about a guy I was trying to bring up who just literally was ignoring me. <laughs> oh, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm talking to you. You're just choosing to be, you know, a jerk. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. So um, I would say that uh, giving the instruction, uh, feeling the energy, watching mobility, feeling the energy, giving an instruction, evaluating the response, and then giving other people the same exact test and weighing mm -hmm. them against each other. Now, what happens, say you just chose one person and they don't follow your task. I, no, no, I don't choose them until okay. I, do, I do the task with several people. Mm -hmm. Very quickly. It yeah. all happens in a matter of seconds. Right. Hold that in your other hand. And you as well. Hold it in your other hand. Yeah, other hand, please. Thank you. And yeah, hold yours higher. Ba ba ba. I'm giving different right. instructions right. to different people. But uh, it all happens in a matter of seconds. And I've immediately, you know, gauged four people against each other, knowing right. which uh, is best. And I've seen you actually do that specifically well when you're looking for something to borrow from the audience. Mm -hmm. So whether it's they're holding up a bill or a cell phone, mm -hmm. that's a good way when you have a lot of choices, you can see who's kind of following that as you're out going out into the crowd or whatnot. Well, it's funny you bring that up. That the, That's the most difficult scenario is when you're borrowing something because mm -hmm. then you're immediately have limited choices. Right. Mm -hmm. Immediately. So if you have, you know, a thousand people and now you want, um, let's say you need uh, a certain item and only, you know, maybe half the people in the audience hold it up. Now you're mm -hmm. down to half, right? And let's say you need it to be a, a younger person or a right. kid or whatever, whatever, whoever you're trying to cast for this. Now, now your numbers go down even further. So like if you're borrowing items and you're trying to pick a particular person for it, it, it makes it your choices even less, which yeah. can be difficult. It's limiting. Limiting, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's interesting because that goes into something too that's very common with mentalism too. Of You want the audience selection to feel as random as can be. And a lot of times mentalists will toss something out in the crowd, mm -hmm. whether it's a paper ball or a Frisbee or whatnot, just to be like, well, anyone can be chosen at any moment just to show that, mm -hmm. you know, avoiding that stooge problem mm -hmm. that everyone thinks that everyone's in on it. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is... Because it could be anyone, it literally could be anyone. Right. So now you've given up control of who you can find that you think is going to be the best person for that routine or react in a certain way you want. And it's just gung-ho. You could get the person who's not compliant or the person who doesn't have the mobility to come up on stage or, you know, a small child could grab the ball and then you have to deal with whatever that is yeah. and try and figure that out. A, a good way to come around, if you decide to do that. I took that out of my show, by the way. I used to have like a paper ball I would mm -hmm. toss around, but I wanted wanted to have more control of who I was bringing up for certain routines, but still keeping that random, you know, anyone could be called up on factor. But one way to, if you are going to toss something out, you can actually limit it. Be like, oh, whoever's closest, hand it to the nearest female. Adult. Yeah, adult. Or whatever, yeah. Or person with a hat. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you know? right, yeah. So at least you have a little bit more control, but again, you're just leaving it up to chance, which... If you can handle that and are okay with that, certain routines are fine for that. Of yeah, course, but uh, the one thing I don't want to dwell on is is the the quote unquote people being not compliant because mm -hmm. it's almost it's it's, it's like a subtle thing. It's yeah. a non issue. Yeah, if you're if you're it's very very rare. It's extremely rare if you 
are practiced in what you're doing and making the audience members feel comfortable. So like after I go through this few steps, then the next thing, once they're up there is to make them feel comfortable. Right. You know, find out a little bit about them, let them know that, you know, they're in good hands Yeah. and they're going to, they're they're Everything's going to be okay. And they're doing a. And if I sense a little bit of nervousness at any moment, which could happen right off the bat or five minutes into a bit, say you're doing great. Aren't they doing great? You get the crowd to cheer for them, whatever it takes. Um, that's the next thing, but the non-compliance is all about attitude and your Mm -hmm. attitude. When you bring people up on stage, when I bring people up on stage, I should say we're a team now, right? We're part of a team. So if I have three people up there, we're all working together and there's no, there's no combativeness. There's no Mm -hmm. challenge. There's no, um, competitive anything. We're a team now. We're working together. This is going to be fun. It's that improv rule of I'm trying to um, make my scene partner look better than I. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's we're working together to create something that's amazing Mm -hmm. uh, for the audience's enjoyment. That's just watching as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always taking care of your scene partner, knowing you've got their back. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the same thing of like making those little compliments or whatever you know to show that they're doing a good job because that just eliminates any worry because a lot of people they don't have the stage experience so now they're suddenly on stage with all these bright lights on their face oh yeah i have so much sympathy for anyone who does anything Mm -hmm. on stage an audience member yeah like if they're a jerk or if they're all of a sudden get quiet there was a time in my life in my career where i would be like frustrated with those volunteers Mm -hmm. now i have full empathy for whatever emotions they're going through because this is a really uncomfortable position for them to be in. Yeah, they're not used to it. I, right. I, I've had friends who are just like, we're amazed that you can get on stage every night. Right. They're like, I would never, <laughs> you know, want to be up on stage. And then if you pick that person during a show, hmm. they're feeling that like, not me, not me. That's why you get the avoiding the eye contact. I don't want to get be, be made fun of on stage. Or, well, that's the other thing. Even people looking at you on stage because you get self-conscious and you don't realize after you've done the show after many times, you realize no one's really caring what you look like as long as they're having a good time, right? right? They've got their own worries going on in their mind, right? Well, I only choose the volunteers, mm-hmm. people who are volunteering. Or my yeah. only time I make selections. And we talked about this on a previous episode, but I think it's a good point here too. If you front load your set list with things that build a rapport with the audience where it doesn't mm-hmm. require a lot of heavy lifting from volunteers, maybe you have a few volunteers that do things just from in the audience. Yeah. Right. They they shout out a word or a city or a place or a, mm-hmm. um, a color, whatever. Or even just clapping and reacting. Call and know? response. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you build a rapport for your first, even if it's just five minutes. Now, when you go into the audience, you're going to see those hands floating up a lot more enthusiastically because mm-hmm. um, you've you've built that rapport. And now they they're comfortable with you. I think it's also good to know some hesitancy from audience volunteers might not be anything we can control. It's it's could be other experiences they've had on stage. And that's the like one of the bad stereotypes a lot of magicians have of if maybe they're not experienced or maybe they're doing it to try and get a laugh of some sort where mm. they're not as seasoned. We'll bring up an audience member and just like make fun of that person, do all these hack lines, make, make jokes at their expense. Yeah. Make them look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, that wasn't fun for me. Why would I ever want to volunteer? Cause that could happen again. Yeah. You have know? you ever done that in a way like accidentally? I'm sure I have like, it's yeah. never been intentional. Right. 
But, right. um, you know, sometimes you're in the moment and trying to save the show and whatever me mechanisms you're going through as a performer to try and get things to go to the next step and, you know, keep the audience on board. Mm -hmm. You might say something inadvertently that might be taken the wrong way or whatnot. Yeah. But I would never intentionally try no. to make someone the butt of a joke. No, right. You know? Right. Unless they're asking for it, in which case it becomes okay, actually. You're reading the person, though. You really point. have yeah. to be in tune to what's going on right. and what the audience wants to hear mm -hmm. and what they need to hear to, right. if they need to be put in their place. But again, those instances are very rare. There, there are some lines in my blindfold routine where I'm kind of like making, not jokes at their expense, but they're a little like, you know, tongue in cheek. A tongue in cheek all day long. Implying things about them and then... But the, here's the key is once they're done, I always get a huge round of applause for this person to mm -hmm. show that they're appreciated. Mm -hmm. And two, during that applause, under the cover of applause, I'll always say like, hey, we're just having fun. That was a you know, gag. You know, you were amazing. Thank we couldn't have done this without you. You know, that kind of thing. Ah, and that helps. That leads me to another one. Yes. Uh, off mic directions mm. when needed mm -hmm. come into play. Now, are you controlling in your stage show? Are you controlling your mic on and off? I are can. Okay, I yeah. can if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's no different than if you're holding a microphone, like what you're yeah. talking about, and you just pull it away. <laughs> I almost just demonstrated don't, it. Don't do it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> pull it away. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Um, <laughs> but same, yeah. I always use a handheld so I can actually put it by my side or away from us if I need to. And it achieves the same thing. And, and and it's not like I'm not like cueing the person or trying to be like play along or no, stooging no. them. It's more for encouragement so they feel comfortable on stage. Oh, it yeah. could be anything. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even I really couldn't think of a concrete example of a time mm -hmm. I've done it, but I've done it a million times. Yeah. Where I'll 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 come off mic and go, just relax, you're doing great. Yeah. Or yeah. uh honestly, like Hey, settle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it might be that. Right. It might just be like jumping up and down, amped up something like mm -hmm. or are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Or is yeah. everything cool? I mean, anything that yeah. needs to be said in the moment, I, I, mm -hmm. if I have an opportunity to say it to kind of bring things to where they need to be for the betterment of the show, but also just like for them, right, <laughs> to be comfortable, I do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And have you ever needed to take that opportunity to like dismiss someone off stage? Like, if someone is a little not well, and they're like, "Are you okay?" and they're like, "No," like, um, "Well, let's get you off stage." Uh, and get someone else who might be more comfortable. It's probably happened at some point, but I right. don't recall it ever very, happening. Very rare. I don't actually know if that's ever happened, other than someone passing out. I think I told this story, but I was at Wonderground once, mm -hmm. and I was. That's a show here in Vegas yeah. that was operating pre-pandemic by yeah. Jeff uh, McBride, was Mr. The, Jeff McBride, of course, well-known magician. I was in the back room. I was in the middle of a piece, and I brought someone up on stage, and they go. I have to go. And they oh. left. <laughs> I was like, why did you volunteer to be part of the show? If you do, you had to go at a certain time. <laughs> I must have already told you about this. Uh, and then I just pulled someone else up. I was like, because the audience knew how awkward that was too, by right. the way. So I was just like, could someone help me out? And right. I just brought him up and they just continued where that person left off. I, I one must, of the most awkward experiences ever, but you poke fun of the elephant in the room. Well, two things. I have mm -hmm. lots of things in my show where like there are callbacks. So like yeah. like 
no, I'm relying on that person who was there at the beginning to still be there at the end. Right. I've never had it not happen. Sure. In almost thousands of shows. Knock here. on wood. So now don't be that person when you come to that <laughs> show. Just be like, if I was involved, well, it's that it's you know, it's I'm really relying on them, and um, they Espe- always come through for me. Especially since they now have in their mind that they could see your show three and a half times, a half a time. What? <laughs> like, like like me seeing your show three and a half times. Yeah. What about it? Don't get that in your idea if you come see Matt's show. Like a half a show is worth it. Stay no, the, don't. Yeah, you can't do the, the half. Yeah, show. you can't do a half. Only, only Diddleman does the half. Because <laughs> um, you never use me in the show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me. I must have told you about this. One time I ordered like uh, Uber Eats from a restaurant. Mm. And the Uber, like, the Uber Eats driver or DoorDash, whatever it was, like showed up to the restaurant mm-hmm. and like, Retrieve the bag. This is yeah. what the restaurant employees told me. Yeah. And uh, like st- appro- started like going towards the exit. Yeah. And then just went back and goes, I can't do this. Put the food down and left. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. They that's like literally your Wonderground yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird. They just decided in the moment, this isn't for me. I'm I, out. I think they probably had a commitment and they were like, I could only stay for this amount. And I was like, it's one of those things where that show isn't a captive audience, like a mm. theater, even a theater. I feel like people could get up if they had an emergency and leave. Sure. But uh, I mean, you've seen that at the Oscars, too, where they give it an award and someone's in the bathroom or something like right, that. Right, right. It's terrible. Yeah. But uh, because of how loungy and kind of uh, ethereal Wonderground is, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, oh, we're going to watch a show for a little bit. We can eat. We can leave. Right, whatever. right, so th- right. I think that was just a person who's like, I can see a little bit. We're going to eat. We'll leave at a certain time. Right. So, but on stage, it's like you could have waited a few minutes. <laughs> right, right. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to leave right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This walks off stage. Cool. Yeah, I, I can't remember a time I'd have to like send someone back and replace mm-hmm. them. There have certainly been times where I thought that might be the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I rush through the bit a little faster if I need to. If I need to get right. something through, mm-hmm. I'll move it along. I'll skip this, skip that, and say, okay, thank you so much. Ba, 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 we move on. I feel like in a close-up setting, you, you'll sometimes choose someone that you want to help out and maybe they're just not into it. They're being difficult or whatever. And then you're like, Oh, I'm going to change gears in the moment because it's more free flowing. So it's like, instead of, I was going to do this 10 phase card routine, you pick a card and I found it. Okay. We used you. We're going to move on. (laughs) And so you can switch gears based off of that, but not, you know, having that embarrassment of bringing someone up and down. I've seen mentalists do this, um, where they bring someone up on stage and through that whole process of, I am trying to vibe with certain people and being like, Oh, I am just not connecting with you and sending them back into the audience. Right. I always thought like, that's weird for that person. (laughs) I'll usually, so uh, I, this is something that only comes from like doing your shows over and over and experience. Like I'll interact with a group if I'm going to thinking about them being a participant for a certain thing. And then I, I'll do another test with another group and I'll go, okay, this one's better. I'll still go back to the other group for something small if yeah. possible, if possible. Yeah, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, you were the ones from Cincinnati. Can you do this now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. And then I move on. So I still came back to them. So it wasn't just random that I had approached them. Right. You know? Because you also don't want the audience to know that you've, like, assessed this person and realized they're not good for a thing. No, there's really no offense. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing, too. You could be listening to this right now and sit in the audience of my show. That mm-hmm. un- Undoubtedly, there's someone listening to this that's been <laughs> in right. the audience. Uh Possibly even being hope hope to get picked, right? Right. And you could check all the boxes and still easily... Odds are still... Yeah, yeah. Odds are never in your favor that if, when you're in a room of that many people, sure, and there's a small number that are going to be selected throughout the night. 
They're never going to be in your favor, right? But if you were listening to all these tips you gave, you have a better chance. I guess in theory. (laughs) In theory. In theory. But again, don't take offense because there are a million things going on at once. It's really hard to describe. Almost automatic at this point where you're you're doing this assessment process or like trying to, you know, find someone. And all of those things are not even like you can't even speak to it because it's happening so fast. It's just almost a a feeling you have. It's a vibe. And, Mm -hmm. you know... I was going to say I'm, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world when it comes to that, with, with rare exception, but it's really not luck. Now, is there a difference when you have a ticketed show like yourself where people are coming specifically to see you mm-hmm. versus like a corporate setting where you're maybe the entertainment they didn't expect? You could be a surprise. Last one I did, I was a surprise. Yeah, exactly. You know? So is the, do you feel like there's a different selection process when people are already primed to see you and knew what you're expecting versus uh, someone who just might be like, oh, I'm going to have to sit through this because my boss told me this is the <laughs> entertainment part now. Yeah, at the risk of being redundant, the, the yeah. main thing I've found is that, um, you know, in Vegas for me or in my theater shows, whatever, no rules. People are coming to see you. I'll, I'll go for volunteers right off the bat. But um, my, my latest thing when it's a, a private event of some sort, corporate event, um, I front load it with things, yeah, yeah. even just one bit, even just three minutes mm-hmm. of something for them to um, get comfortable with being in the room with me. Yeah. Right. I find that to be helpful. Yeah. In, Absolutely. In getting uh, more enthusiasm uh, in terms of people even wanting to be part of it. Cause that's, that can be a, a scary place to be a volunteer Yeah. around your peers, around your colleagues. So there's a, there's another part to this that, um, people wondering why they might be selected or might not be selected that we haven't touched upon. And one is just location in the audience. Oh, I was actually just going to say that. Yeah. Cause I know for a piece that I do specifically, I always like to have someone to my left and front mm-hmm. that like kind of acts as my judge in my show to make mm-hmm. sure things are fair and honest. Mm-hmm. And I have to hand them things. They have to be easily accessible. Right. They got to come to the edge of the stage a lot. Right. So I'm always looking for someone who's going to be n- you know, willing to participate in that area. So that they get chosen a lot if they happen to be closer to the stage. Right. You, know? <laughs> you know what I've seen that's funny too? Like sometimes will people will write things in reviews. Like if you want to get picked, make sure you're on the aisle. He always picks from the aisle. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah. like people people will go to one show and think that they've somehow figured out your system of like how you choose. And I'm like, no, that that's that might have maybe I did that night. Right. But don't, let's not assume here. <laughs> but also, isn't that an understandable way to pick people if you need like quick access? Quick, yes. <laughs> you know, no, like, it does make sense. Yeah. Or people will be like, oh, it's you know, pay the extra money. He only picks from the front. Or, yeah. or it doesn't matter if you pay for the expensive tickets, he picks from all over. <laughs> so you'll so see funny. all these contradictory <laughs> statements. It's like, it ain't that simple. <laughs> right. But I mean, there is something too, like the people that the, uh, that you can see from the stage are probably going to get picked more just because they are closer in some ways. Of course you want to spread that around. So the whole audience is involved, but yeah, they're paying a closer ticket fee for a reason. Mm-hmm. too right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. better view of the stage maybe a better chance to get picked I mean, right right that's why those tickets are higher priced <laughs> right right that's part of it i guess yeah. so yeah they, you know yeah <laughs> you pay for the fr- yeah you go for the front uh, you've you've done that right i yeah. mean you want to go to a certain event a concert or not a concert for you usually but try. <laughs> you don't usually love the concerts but yeah yeah i like to be close because i want to see them sweat you know right. is right. that weird no no i like that 
I mean, it's a little weird. But the sweat thing's weird. Yeah, the sweat, <laughs> the sweat part was weird. Not literally, but like you know, you want to see the detail in the facial expressions. You want to see the beads of sweat dripping down their face, bat, <laughs> and, and collect them, collect in them in a jar to see if you can clone them later. <laughs> I know what you're up to, Matt. <laughs> Imagine if you could. Just imagine, yo, you go see the Rolling Stones and you got a little Mick Jagger growing at home. Thoughts? Has this gone completely off the rails? I think it's a good time to switch over to Diddle Me This. Diddle Me This. I thought we were on a roll. Diddle Me That will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, Matt, are you uh, ready for the riddle? Do it. I have two arms, but not a bone. I can be hurt with knife. Uh, hold on. I feel like you're just doing one run-on sentence, and it needs to be broken up. I think this is one run-on sentence. Hold on. I didn't look at this. Is that the riddle? Did I solve it? Uh, oh, it was formatted before I copied and pasted it, so let me try and do this right now. I have two arms, but not a bone. I can't be hurt with knife or stone. I have a head, but lack a face. I don't need eyes to match your pace. I'm shifty. I'm quick. A trick of the eyes. My robes are made of mystery and guise. I am short. I am lean. I am monstrous. I am tall. But when midnight comes, I am nothing at all. That should have been easier because it rhymes, <laughs> by the way, the formatting of this. Oh, do right. You, do you want to hear this again? Oh, man. I mean, do I want to hear it again? <laughs> no, not at all. But, I mean, if you want me to take any chances solving it, which I don't think I'm going to be able to, I'll hear it again I'm gonna at the read expense it of our listeners. I'm so sorry. I'm going to read it again now that I have it all broken up into lines all that right. rhyme. Okay. <laughs> so okay. The flow will be better. Yeah. I have two arms, but not a bone. If you hit the skip 30 seconds, he'll still be going on this. <laughs> uh, I got to start again now that you're <laughs> I have two arms, but not a bone. I can't be hurt with knife or stone. I have a head, but lack a face. I don't need eyes to match your pace. I'm shifty. I'm quick. A trick of the eyes. My robes are made of mystery and guise. I am short. I am lean. I am monstrous. I am tall. But when midnight comes, I am nothing at all. Water. Water. Yep. Water has a head, but not a face. There's like a head of a faucet, you know? <laughs> Without be a faucet, though, water. Well, it's all tangentially related. Uh, it works with uh, can't be hurt with knife or stone, but has two arms, but not a bone. Water? No bones. No bones, but has two arms. If I go in the ocean... It has arms, because I have arms. So you're water? <laughs> I'm in the water. Uh, not quite. Okay, so water is not correct. Correct. That is, yeah. Oh, you got to hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens on these in-person apps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other guesses? No. I'm trying I mean, to think of a hint for you here. I have no idea. Uh, the last line is what gave it away for me. But when midnight comes, I am nothing at all. Any guesses? Mm -mm. Any thoughts? No. Something that's not around at night. The sun? The sun is not, but it is related to this. Clouds? I have two arms, but not a bone. I can't be hurt with knife or stone. A clock? I have a head, but not a face. I can match your pace. Something. A pimple? I, need, I don't need eyes to match your pace. So this is something that's with you. 
has a head, has arms, no face. Spirit. And disappears when it's nighttime. So what's something that looks Consciousness. like you, but is gone at nighttime? Consciousness. Are you familiar with Peter Pan at all? Yeah, a little bit. Do you know what he's trying to catch? Fairy Godmother? <laughs> no, that is not even the same story. Uh, what's That's the little Cinderella. <laughs> what's the little thing on his shoulder? Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell. No, no, That's no. That's what I was thinking of. He's trying to sew something to himself. Oh, he's trying to lose his shadow. He's trying to catch his shadow. Oh, catch his shadow. It is a shadow is the answer to this. Do not give me the... No. 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 Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me the green button. Because it has two arms like you do. It's following you around. It matches your... It it has a head, but it doesn't have a face. Uh, It's shifty. It's quick. Some of these are a little metaphorical. I like the I am short, I am lean, I am monstrous, I am tall, because depending on when the sun is setting, your shadow changes heights. Right? All right. You don't like that. No. Was that a butt Butt riddle? riddle. (laughs) That's too trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. What is the only king in a deck of cards without a mustache? Hmm. Okay. I know there's the ones that like stab themselves in the head, the the suicide kings as they call them, right? Mm. There's supposedly a backstory of like who the kings are supposedly representing okay. in like a bicycle deck. I'm assuming this is a bicycle deck or like a standard deck of cards and not like one of these like new fangled theory 11 like Beatles ones. That's or true. Standard deck. <laughs> standard deck. Um, hmm. I want to say it's a red king off the back of my uh, off the top of my head that would limit it to hearts and diamonds right those are two of the choices (laughs) are there four choices indeed (laughs) so it could be clubs hearts diamonds or spades Mm -hmm. my gut instinct says hearts but i'm thinking my second choice is diamonds so i'm gonna say hearts wow wow that was good you want one more let's do one more these what, are quick, so yeah. What does karaoke mean? That was really good, by the way. Okay. I'm impressed you got that. Thank you. What does karaoke mean in Japanese? Don't need choices. I know this. What is it? Broken orchestra. Is that one of the choices? Frightened orchestra is one, and empty orchestra is empty, one. Empty orchestra. Empty, empty or- not yeah, frightened? Yeah, yeah. Not, not frightened. <laughs> Woo! Wow. I don't know if it's picking up your thing, so I'm hitting the button. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. What is are you doing one more? One more. Okay. This is I love that this has just turned into you reading out Until this. you can get stumped. Until <laughs> I get stumped. Um, wow, these are weird questions. What's the category of these? Just general. Miscellaneous. Okay. Miscellaneous. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know which one. Do you, want, do you want something that has to do with cows or humans? <laughs> cows or babies? Uh, cows. Okay. This is a little bit of estimating here. Oh, no. What was the most money ever paid for a cow at auction? Mm. And there are choices. Let's hear the choices. I'm going to get this wrong. 67 thou. Mm-hmm. 670 thou. Are you saying thou to rhyme with cow? I wasn't, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> 1.3 mil mm-hmm. or 130 thou. Uh, I feel like a mil is too much. Okay. Let's go 133,000. 
130,000? Yeah. No. I have a guess. What is it? My guess is 670. Under These are a mil. all very specific numbers. Ready? Nope. No, what is it? 67 or 1.3? What do you think? Let's go 1.3 mil. Wow. 1.3 mil. Do you think this like cow gave off like chocolate milk or something? It was like special. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very fancy cow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's something else I noticed in your show that you oh, did. What is it? For uh, You brought someone up on stage and he was wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. And you are aware of how he is being perceived by the audience and the camera's trying to capture everything. You uh, tur- turned his hat around yeah, so that everyone could see his face. And I assume that was for his reaction uh, as well. Um, yeah, it's mainly because a visor casts a shadow across your face. Mm-hmm. So like with the masks is enough already. Right. We're already covering one half. Um, so, so I mean, even without it, now you're covering the other half. So. Turning his brim around. So I, with his permission, mm-hmm. spun the hat around. But I didn't do it right away. I waited till I had a little bit of a rapport with him. Yep. You may have noticed. Mm-hmm. And then spun it around. And what did you say? Do you remember? It was something like, hey, we're just going to flip this around. Yeah, buddy. it, was, it <laughs> yeah. was totally in the moment. I don't mm-hmm. remember what I said. Um, actually, if you don't mind, we're just going to flip this around so we can see you. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And, and it was like quick and he complied and it was Well, I did easy. it for him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was like to- he totally got it right away. You noticed. Right. And what I liked is you kind of gave him that heads up as well, and I think that's something too as performers we have to pay attention to whenever you're doing any physical touch by bringing it because that's another reason why people mm. might not want to come up on stage is if like so the performer just randomly is touching them on the shoulder or whatever. Oh, right. Just innocent, you know, just innocent yeah. touches can be taken in different ways. And you don't or know people, some people are uncomfortable with being touched at all for yeah, any reason. There's you know? personal boundaries you might not be aware of. Right. And oftentimes like you'll, you use people's hands as like little tables to hold on to sure. things and stuff like that. And you're kind of guiding them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. But you're always making a point to say, can you do this? Is it okay if if I do this, right. having that permission sure. first. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a key thing, especially with consent and all that. It's that a vibe thing, though, it. too. You really mm-hmm. got to you really gotta read the situation, you yeah. know? You, you got to really be in tune with what's going on and uh, people's comfort level and try to... You got to really have that sense of if someone's feeling uncomfortable for any reason, Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. It could just be because they all of a sudden realize there are hundreds of people looking at them. You know, you got to pick up on it, though, and and kind of nip it in the bud. You, you can't necessarily yeah. solve it, but you got to be aware of if they're comfortable or, you know, where you're at. And I think we're both aware of performers who have abused those boundaries before. I mean, there's like a classic that I've I never done myself in like mentalism where like someone's sitting in a chair and then they're suddenly shocked right like oh right there's like a voodoo doll that's you know hit with a pin or something like that and then they're they're they feel pain right pain right and they're literally jump out of their seat Mm -hmm. and it's just like i would never want to be that person no no and feel that even if it does get this like reaction that's like how the hell did they feel that you know whatever but you know, I stopped doing paper balls over the head because it, it made an audience member uncomfortable once. No, I didn't know that. And I don't think they were wrong. What was happening? What made them uncomfortable? I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't think it was their fault is my point. You know what I'm saying? Was it because they were like almost being the butt of the joke where everyone was in on something that they weren't? Just for a little insight, it's Mm -hmm. a a paper balls over the head is a routine that's sort of attributed to or credited to uh, a famous late magician, Slydini. Mm-hmm. Or at least popularized sure. it. And uh, the whole audience is in on the trick, except for the person you bring on stage. Right. And there are some tricks that work that way to great success. Mm. And that's one of them. Right. Um, all it took was one time of someone really not enjoying that experience. And I thought, you know what? It don't care that it's gone right hundreds of times. And generally that person on stage walks away feeling empowered. All it took was that one time of like, you know what? I didn't feel right about it. Yeah. So I stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm even conscious about certain things when I ask, because like as a mind reader, I'm asking sometimes personal information from people. Mm-hmm. And I think... Right. right? Got to be careful there. And, uh, you know, a common thing, a lot of uh, mentalists or mind readers, I never did like the whole first kiss or the first... I've always stuck with a crush because it could be a one-sided thing, right? It's mm. like a, just a personal feeling you could have and crushes have different levels of yeah. intensity right Right. it could be a celebrity crush it could, it could be, be a, a childhood thing. crush yeah, it could exactly. be yeah, anything yeah so i feel like that's a more innocent act mm-hmm. and then not as personal as like who did you make out with that first time right, right? something right. like that your first lover and then you're asking you know right. the guy in front of his current wife right, or whatever exactly. yeah so because of that exact situation too because they're often there with their spouse or whoever mm-hmm. Uh, I one ask first. I say, let's focus on the happy memories because I don't want anyone feeling sad yeah, or right, bad about it. Right. And I, and I make it tongue in cheek of like, this could be anything. And it's just a first name. We're not embarrassing you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to be looking up this person later. Right. And and again, if it is uncomfortable, pick a celebrity, whatever. It could be anyone. Right. Right. And then I always make that joke too. Is like, oh, you're with your spouse. They're not going to mind. And if you haven't had that talk, we're just going to have that heart right. to heart right now. Right. And make a joke of it being like, this is inconsequential it's not it's not fodder for a fight with you and your spouse later on your way home right who is cindy or whoever it was right because it's like oh we're just trying to get something that is a you know a permanent kind of memory from your past that i wouldn't know right but it's also like you know at least on a surface level has a feeling of intimacy but without getting too intimate without their consent right Right. yeah absolutely And what is your take on things that have a dual reality of like, because uh, there, there are lots of examples now where you bring someone on stage and what they're experiencing is different than what the audience is experiencing. And oftentimes they don't know what's going on, but they're in tune to the fact that the audience is all laughing and understanding something they don't. Thoughts? Uh, I think it's how you handle it and of what you do with the person after, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people who do paper balls over the head Mm -hmm. and they uh, kind of like make a gag of all the stuff that they didn't see. Right. Mm Kind of clearing it up. Of course. Because then it lets them know like, oh, this is what you missed and you really didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of effects like this. You know what I mean? There's the invisible man sort of thing where you think someone disappeared. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and kind of made famous on Netflix not too long ago. Sure. Justin Willman's show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, a friend by of Dan ours. Martin, I think, invented the. Well, well he well, popu- uh, he expanded upon expanded the idea. upon an existing yeah. thing. He made it workable. Made it workable yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a whole routine of it. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think it depends on how 
the, I think a lot of it comes to the audience and talking and making them feel like a superstar. Because I know when Dan does the Invisible Man, he really makes that person the star. And then anyone who comes up to them after is yeah. just like congratulating them and right. making them feel good. Yeah. And not like, oh, we all just are you know playing a trick on you. But don't you feel. think there are people, no matter what, if mm-hmm. they feel like everyone's in on this except me. Right. There, there are people that would go... I don't feel I don't like this, right? Right. I I think there are, and I think part of that is again the vibe you get from picking particular That's the people. Thing. For I that. always I mm-hmm. I always found it difficult to pick the right person for that. Right. Right. I always found it difficult. You always have to. It almost seems like you need to find someone who's really confident in themselves. They need big confidence for they, that. They mm-hmm. gotta be. <laughs> you gotta get a vibe from just meeting someone to know that they're secure enough yes. in who they are as an individual that they're okay with being one the center of the attention, right? And two to maybe not have all the pieces and be okay be with. Be cool that. with that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because that's really not everybody. Yeah, it's right? tough. So, yeah, another thing, confidence. That's another thing to mm-hmm. look for. To look for and have absolutely you got to have it to make them feel comfortable you got to look for it to make sure everything's cool for sure so hey matt um this is a bank episode so we're gonna skip over goals but we well you know i didn't have one anyways our goals are just the same yeah. ongoing goals that we're always gonna be saying you're gonna read something <laughs> read something clean something we're gonna clean something <laughs> which never there's a shirt idea we should get uh, read something clean something yeah read i like that actually <laughs> Uh, read something maybe we'll get a store we're getting close that's that's some that's close to something right there yeah read something clean something that's not it but it's close i think yeah right it's like the the subway if you see something say something it does sound similar (laughs) to that which i don't think is a good correlation no i don't think that's a good thing (laughs) my always comment to that is like i see lots of things all the time should i be saying that you gotta be more specific well just say it out loud you don't even have to tell anybody you just say it new york subway be more specific (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah we got maybe a couple of shirt ideas maybe we'll get a store down the line anything is possible anything is possible um, let us know if you'd be interested. That'd be fun. You and, can let us know if you want. And you can let us know by visiting our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. If or you insist. emailing us at mindovermagicpodcast.gmail.com. If you must. I, don't speak over the plugs, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and follow us on the social media. At la, 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 <laughs> la, la. la. <laughs> I wonder what happens if you type in at la 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 la. And, uh, anyway, <laughs> find us at Mind Magic Pod. That's the one that's different. Mind Magic Pod on all the socials. Hit us up. Uh, and uh, yeah, feel free to keep reaching out to me and Matt of uh, where you're from, what you do. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like to know what people are doing. Yeah. And uh, tell a friend about the podcast. Reviews help yeah. on wherever you're listening to this. Yep. Um, that's very helpful. Yeah, and a lot of good nuggets in this episode, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With the if you're I know a lot of magicians and stuff, aspiring magicians, performers of all kinds are 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 tuning in. So I mean, we'd love to know what you think about audience volunteer stuff too. And if you've been with us from the beginning or went through the back catalog mm-hmm. and listened to it, like pick out maybe a clip or like your favorite episode and just share it with a friend who you think might Get some value from it. Absolutely. Or if you like have a joke or a riddle that you like, try it out on people and be like, where did you hear that? And be like, well, I heard it on the Mind Over Magic Ah, podcast. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good way as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we do appreciate you listening. So thanks for sticking with us. Uh, This was a fun live episode. Next time I talk to you, Matt, we don't know when this bank is going to come out, but uh, I'm sure we'll be Zoomed far away. Yeah, that's true. And we'll have to do this again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening so much, and I'll talk to you later, Matt. Bye-bye.
gonna say what's gonna be the easter egg after the song ends i was just saying yeehaw yeah okay that's it then (laughs) good night